Hello and welcome to According to John. Today we have a great topic and it was a question that was asked, what does it mean that God will make our enemies a footstool? And so, man, uh, do we get to prop our feet up on our enemies? This what is it? foundational. This is a little bit deeper than we often go. We yeah. get into real everyday practical things, but this is what we stand on. And when the, the deeper truth of this comes out, it's, it's, it's fantastic for our soul. We got a foundation. We're on the winning team. Right. I love Ooh. it. Kind of like in Luke, the foundation built on a rock. Yeah. Yep. Hey, brother, open us in a word of prayer, and then we're going to get started. Okay. Father in heaven, we pray that our time with our listeners will encourage them, enlighten them, strengthen them, correct them, build them up, and use us for your glory. Thank you for the word of God, which liveth and abideth forever. Help us to hide it in your heart that we might not sin against you. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Amen. You know, that, that's the whole reason for this podcast, is that we can learn the word of God. So we can hide the word of God in our heart. You know, sometimes I'm sitting here preparing to teach and I'm listening as you lay out the format and I got to confess, I'm learning a lot too. <laughs> That's your fault, John. That's awesome. That's awesome though, right? Yeah. I pretend like I'm wicked smart, but <laughs> <laughs> I do love the word. Man, when I sit down and prepare these um, podcasts, yeah. It is so exciting because people ask questions and it forces me to dig to find the answer. Yeah. You should know the truth and the truth shall set you free. There's a freedom in spiritual growth, adding to your faith, virtue into virtue, knowledge. Always. And I love it's systematic and our listeners know that. It's, you, know, you always start out with the law first mentioned, whereas it's mentioned first in the Bible. And then you just kind of all them well, not all of them sometimes because there could be hundreds, but yeah, you can't just, bring them all out. People yeah. be like, "Holy smoke, six hour <laughs> podcast!" <laughs> <laughs> but you do go from the beginning to the end and cover the topic, and this is this is really fantastic. This is kind of one of those big picture things that yeah. when you see these truths, you're standing in the pond. I mean, there's a security that comes because you know it's getting a little crazy out there in the world around us, and uh, so. It, I can't it, wait. You this know, good. talk about crazy. This this shows you how crazy it's getting. So my uh, my brother called me, and he was sharing something that happened to him at a store. He goes into the store, and he's not wearing a mask. But but it's not – it wasn't required for him to wear a mask, so he doesn't wear a mask. This is in Ohio? In Ohio, yeah. And, and a guy calls him out, and – starts making accusations toward him. And so the guy says, don't you see the problem with what you're doing? And he goes, what? I didn't check my brains at the door. <laughs> and, and so, and he said a few other things, but, uh, I, I won't, I can't go in there, but any rate, he goes, I didn't check my brains at the door. And one other reference to his manhood, he didn't check his manhood at the door. <laughs> yeah. The guy went to a police officer and told wow. the police officer, that my brother assaulted him. Wow. Man, oh, man. So the police officer gets my brother and pulls the three of them together and said, uh, this guy accused you of assault. Um, what'd you do? And my brother was like, oh, what are you talking about? I didn't assault this guy. So the guy says, well, he insinuated that I left my brains and my manhood at the door. The officer looks at him and, 
He was like, well, did you? <laughs> <laughs> so he sends for that officer. Right? So he sends the guy on his way, but he detains my brother. And then he looked at my brother and he said, you need to be very careful because this is going to get way worse. Yeah, unfortunately, I think the officer is correct. Yeah. My brother thanked him for his service, thanked him for for being there for everyone, and then my brother went on his way, the officer went on his way. But to think that the guy accused him of assault. Yeah. You made me feel uncomfortable. <laughs> That's what, That means assault in, in the woke uh, society. The, it, do, it, it does. Yeah. But by way of application oh my to our, our topic today, we're gonna get uh, we're gonna get spoken against yeah. for our stand on the exclusivity of Christ, our stand on historic Judeo Christian morality, the fact that we're not fear driven in a society which is now being fear driven, right? And we're not conforming yeah. to the the things of this world, and so I think it is really important for us to really have that foundation in Christ to realize he's with us, he's for us, he told us what to expect, it's here. Uh, what threatens to be over our heads, he's already got under his feet. Amen. And this yeah, fa- great, that's a great point, man. What is over our heads he already has under his yeah, feet? Yeah, that's when he was walking on the water. Right. Yeah, he's walking on this thing. <laughs> he is. You know, he's, he's walking on the woke culture. And yeah. our topic today really is foundational, especially for the day that we live. Yeah, and we have to understand that, on this earth, we may not always get victory. Our enemies, our enemies may not always be our footstool. But through Christ, ultimately, they yeah. all are. Yeah, it's not in jeopardy. It's not in jeopardy. <laughs> God's not breaking a sweat. He's not having emergency uh, meetings of the right. Holy Trinity to try to figure out what to do now. Yeah, yeah. So here, and here's the ultimate question. Has it ever occurred to you that nothing has ever occurred to God. I love that phrase. I absolutely love it. And uh, it's interesting in this topic, you know, God talks about enemies. Yeah. You know, we're in a spiritual battle between God and Satan, good and evil. And uh, we all start out on the devil's team right. and his family. We, we do. Yeah. And, we and, uh, all start out as Satan, as our father. Yeah. And that's just, that's biblical truth. Yeah. That's crazy, and right? When you understand that and then you're invited into God's family. He right. knocks on the door of your heart. We receive Christ, Christ centric. He's the victor. He laid it out. He comes to live inside of us. He's got the victory, but he wants us to, to really have that biblical foundation, that biblical worldview so that we're able to look beyond the immediate. And uh, because if we look at the immediate, we're going to get frustrated. We're going to get up. Oh my goodness. I I would be on Xanax if I stayed (laughs) focused. We're going to get even, we're going to be in jail. (laughs) I'd rather be in jail because I was uh, preaching Jesus rather than because I assaulted somebody. You know? Right. <laughs> That's the, we might be there either way. <laughs> uh, I'm, and, and I'm ready for it. One of, the, one of the things on Psalm 110, and that's what we're going to look at today is Psalm 110. That is our, our launch passage. And this is uh, David. This is the, uh, a Psalm of David. And he writes a seven verses, and, and they're absolutely crucial to us understanding where we stand in Christ and where Christ stands with our enemies and where Christ stands in the world and where Christ stands in history. Bring it on, John. This is a full on. I love this passage. So in verse one, okay, I'm going to establish this because I don't want anybody to be confused. 
The Lord said to my Lord, sit at my right hand till I make your enemies your footstool. So the first Lord in this passage of Psalm 110 is all caps. That means God in his entirety or God in his fullness. The Godhead. He says, right? We can say, we can say the Father, the God in all of his fullness says to my Lord, this, remember this is David talking, so my Lord now is Jesus Christ. Mm-hmm. Amen. So now we have God in all his fullness says to Jesus, sit at my right hand till I make your enemies your footstool. Understand, God's not talking to David, and he's not telling David that the enemies will be his footstool. He is saying, I got you, mm-hmm. and I got this. There's a big battle going on, and each one of us have our own little segment of the battle. And uh, the big battle, uh, God the Father says to the Son, we got this. Your enemies will be your footstool. And then uh, David had his place in that battle. And then you and I and our listeners, we all have our little place in that battle. We're all representing Christ, Christ in us, Mm -hmm. presenting himself to your little circle, to my little circle of friends in our generation, in our time. And that same truth permeates throughout all of history. And it's only because Christ in us do we have any victory at all. Yeah, he's the victor. He's the victor. We just get to enjoy his victory with him. Yeah, we are more than conquerors. Through. through him. I yeah. know that's coming, but yeah. I jumped ahead, but I, that's all right. I can't stop. <laughs> you get me so excited, John. I just jump and pull your scriptures out whenever I want to. Right. <laughs> uh, verse two, uh, the Lord being God in his fullness, all caps shall send the rod of your strength out of Zion rule in the midst of your enemies. And so we see the father sending the son and the son's going to rule. We know that Christ is the judge. Christ is the conqueror. Christ was the creator of all things, right? Uh, uh, Colossians was it one sixteen, for all things were made by him and, and for him. him. So, so we see that that like every Christ is is centric. I mean, we have to everything has to be centered around Christ. Verse three, your people, and now this is where it involves us, mm-hmm. fleshing out. Your people shall be. <laughs> volunteers in the day of your power in the beauties of holiness from the womb of the morning you have the dew of your youth and so for us we are volunteers in his army and we're we're entering into his labors we're entering into his battle this is thrilling to me you know as a young man i wanted adventure and i wanted a battle to fight the beauty to rescue and adventure (laughs) you know i i I, you always wanted to make that winning shot at the buzzer oh yeah yeah Yeah, absolutely this is our opportunity but this isn't temporary this is eternal and i remember discovering these truths as a, as 18 19 year old young man as god was calling me into his kingdom you know god could have just uh sent satan to hell and uh just not that would have been easy wouldn't it and not had his story history mm-hmm. he could have just he could have done it differently but he he lets this battle go on and he lets us enter into the battle representing him and him and us and he's the victor right. and we get to live part of that adventure his story in me if we are part of his story, the enemies will be defeated. But here's the coolest thing about that. You can't be a part of that or a part of God's army unless you 
volunteer. Mm-hmm. The act of our will, the surrender of our will. That's yeah. the key, right? Yeah. And all through the scriptures, we're going to see that's the key is that, and the, only, and the only way you can get to heaven is that you volunteer to surrender your will to join his army. He knocks on the door of our heart and we open it. That's it. We receive him by faith into our hearts. He comes to live inside of us to take the place of what we are, to trade his love for our lust, his grace for our greed, his plenty for our poverty, his wisdom for our folly. He allows us to have our place in this epic battle of the universe. Yeah, and David now starts clearly establishing Christ's place. For me, all of this gives me that amazing sense of destiny. Yeah. We're into something way bigger than us, something that's eternal, and we get to experience the hand of God in us. You know, that I remember it was a, you know, God will make your enemies your footstool and all that, and I, I realized the big picture, Satan's going down, Jesus will be crowned king of the universe. But in my little thing, you know, in those early days of our church, those people that rose up against me and, you know, oh, you'll never make, build a church and, you know, all the <laughs> negativism. And I'm glad it, I'm not the only one that heard that. <laughs> and then 43 years later, you know, there's a congregation that birthed other congregations. And I never considered those people really my enemy, but they certainly weren't my helpers. <laughs> but they're at the footstool now, you know, they're like, oh, uh, we were wrong and we didn't think God would do anything through you. But God, uh, God likes to take the foolish things of the world and confound the wise. That's, right. that's, what we, that's uh, is our passive entrance. Not many wise, not many noble. Yeah. <laughs> we did have that spiritual reckless abandonment. That's critical. Amen. I think, I think all those who survive in Christ have to have that spiritual of, reckless yeah, abandonment. Have to. It is so crucial because it says, "Okay, God." I'm jumping without a parachute. And if you don't catch me, <laughs> I love that. I'm crashing and burning. <laughs> I love that. You say to jump, how high or how, no shoot? Okay. Yeah. You know, it's like I, Abraham's going to offer Isaac. And how, how can I build a nation if I just my only son? And I, oh, if I kill him and then and God's going to build, and he'll raise him from the dead. Yeah, whatever it looks like, God's got it because yeah, he made I, a promise. I, I trust God, I believe. And that's what, yeah. that's the victory that overcometh the world, even our faith. We just, Believe what he says. Right. And we act upon it. And until you do that, you're never really going to experience Christ as the great high priest, the Lord, the victor. The conqueror. The yeah. conqueror. Oh, hallelujah. You're, you're never going to experience it. And you're always going to question or doubt or struggle in your walk. You know, it really doesn't matter what comes in life because we're promised we're going to have problems. And so when people have problems and they're like, I don't understand. Well, then you don't understand scripture because Jesus said, don't be shocked Mm -hmm. when persecution comes. Yeah, it's coming. They persecuted me. (laughs) They're going to get you. (laughs) Don't don't be shocked because if you're part of my army, the whole army has got to go down. Yeah. A a fabulous journey with Christ is not an absence of uh, battles. It's not. It's just a series of victories in the battles. But you know, listen, but Christ, he's there. I'm going to share this. It has nothing to do with a battle, if you will. Uh, two weeks ago, my wife and I and another couple, we were riding motorcycles up by the Canadian border on the New York side. We're cruising down the highway. We're running about about 
And and or, so, uh, any rate, yeah, we're, we're <laughs> maybe a little faster than sixty-five. Maybe, 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 may, may, maybe yeah. uh, you know, it, maybe. And so, any rate, out of nowhere comes this deer. Well, uh, the friend of mine up front, and uh, his name's Buck. Any rate, ironically, it was a buck that came out, and Buck missed the buck, and so, uh, but he swerves out, misses, and when he swerved to the left, the deer went to the left. And I'm like, I can't go to the left because it looked like they were going to hit. And so I thought, man, if they hit and go down and I go to the left, I'm going to run them over. So I went to the right. I'm going to thread the needle, man. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take this small little path uh, that is open for the moment. Well, wouldn't you know that deer cuts back right? Mm-hmm. And as soon as I realized there's no way out, because once you make a, once you make that, that, I mean, remember, these are all happening in split seconds. So once you make that decision, you're in. My decision was to go right, which meant that that's where I'm going no matter what happens. Well, the deer cuts back. I see that I'm going to hit him, so I accelerate. I just give it full throttle, hit him as hard as I could. I would have hit the brakes. (laughs) (laughs) Well, see, hitting the brakes will put you down. I know, I know. So I full throttle, hit him as hard as I could, man, just drove through him. So, you know, 55, 60 mile an hour is what I hit him at. He spins off to the side. My bike dies. We drift off to the side. I put the kickstand down because we didn't wreck. We stayed up. I put the kickstand down, and parts, it sounded like a bomb went off, man. Body parts of that bike went flying everywhere. We're trying to start this bike, and we can't figure it out. It's, now it's dark. Buck left his key on, which left his lights on, and the battery died. He went to hit the, the start the bike and it went click, click, click. I'm like, it. So we're trying to figure out the bike. Can't figure out the bike. Now we're talking uh, almost 45 minutes have gone by an hour. It's dark. I mean, it's dark, dark. We're out in the middle of this country road in the middle of nowhere. And Buck says, we need to pray. And I go, absolutely, man. So he starts praying, Lord, thank you for keeping us safe. Johnny, you wore out another guardian angel. I, <laughs> I, I tell John all the time, he's going to, in heaven, guardian angel is going to take him out behind the barn and whoop him for all the, all the trials he's put them through. Oh, it's so, so funny, right? I'm not going to come to your rescue either. Right. So, <laughs> so Buck thanks him for safety, says amen, and then I jump in on the prayer. Lord, give us wisdom on how to start this bike and start Buck's bike. Amen. Because you're out on the backside of nowhere. Out on the backside of nowhere. And we're literally battling time. How we're going to get out of there. We got two dead bikes now. One that hit a deer. Got body parts everywhere. And then one, the battery's dead. And we're like, oh my goodness. So when I prayed, Lord, give us wisdom to fix one bike. And Lord, start the other bike. Within five minutes. We figured out, and mind you, we're, we worked on this thing for like 45 minutes to an hour and couldn't get it running. Within five minutes of praying and asking God to give us wisdom on how, on how to overcome this battle that we're struggling with, right? Because how unfair is it a deer come out? Lord, I love you. How unfair is it that we're stuck on a highway? I, I deserve better than this. I deserve better than this. We're out in the middle of nowhere. If you were with me, why did that deer come out? Yeah, yeah right? And so ultimately, within five minutes, the bike is fixed. The bike is running. Buck brought duct tape. 
he never brings duct tape, but he brings it, throws it in the, in the, in the bike. We duct tape lights back on the front of mine, one light so that we could see to drive home. <laughs> he goes back right after we, we fixed the solution. We figured out exactly what was problem with the bike, fixed it. I said, Buck, go back there and start your bike. He walks back there, hits the key and it goes, Vroom. That might have just been direct touch from Jesus. I think it was. So my, and my point in sharing that is when we are volunteers in God's army, mm-hmm. he takes care of our problems. Yeah. It's comforting, isn't it? It is. Yeah, yeah. So listen, just so you know um, that being a volunteer in the day of Christ's power in the beauties of holiness, from the womb of morning, you have the dew of your of your youth, talking to Jesus. But we're volunteers. We have to be a part of that. But when we are, when we are, that's the beauty of riding with Jesus. Mm-hmm. I think that's God's favorite word there, volunteers, because he loves us and he wants us to enter into his battle. Yeah. Because when we enter into his battle, then we're ultimately going to enter into his victory. He, he likes to just, you know, as a parent, I live ex, is the word, or vicarious, not expert. Vicar- yeah. Vicariously, through my kid a little bit. He's right. a businessman. He had some struggles in the early days, and he just figured it out. He worked so hard, and I got it. Things took off, and now my son's, you know, he's, my father would say he's stroking. His business is doing good, and got a lot of happy customers, right. and, you know, and I'm grooving on that, you know. Yeah. I'm entering in. You know, it's my boy. I'm right. Time to work, and... You know, I, we were brought up as Hergits. Uh, they were all entrepreneurial and business owners. And I used to hear as a little boy, you're a Hergit. Hergits don't work for people. People work for us. <laughs> <laughs> There's no humility in that. But, you know, right. I started an independent church. And, you know, right. I've kind of, I guess there's a business side of that. And it did very there well. There is a business side of yeah, that. Yeah, and it did very well. And uh, I kind of, you know, when you're the lead pastor and the founding pastor, is yep. you're kind of not working for anybody but, but God, obviously. And, to see that with my son, uh, I when his he's stroking, I'm grooving. Right. I hope you guys understand groovy. Right. <laughs> Sorry about that. <laughs> but this is the father, Johnny. We're his kids. We are. He loves us, and that's the whole point. That God will make our enemies His footstool. Because he loves us, he's going to protect us. Not keep us from the storm, but protect us through the storm. And when we look at this, if we're volunteers, that is the key for Christ's protection. You're out there on the on the road. You broke down the deer. You could have been killed. You know, Satan, the Bible talks about Satan has hindered us. Was that Satan the, was in the deer. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, you, you wonder about that. And right. I, I, I'm not going to definitively say the devil put the deer there, but, right. you know, it, you right. read the scriptures and it's like right. that could be Satan hates you. We know that right. for lots of reasons. But you're you're a volunteer. You're God's child. And I think there's an aura of protection. And maybe that's the wrong word, but you know what I'm saying. Well, and, and think about this. What we have to remember, too, is verse 4 is... The Lord has sworn and, and will not relent. And that's 24-7. This is 24-7. Wherever we go. He will not relent. It says, you being Christ are a priest forever according to the order of Melchizedek. Well, what does the priest do over the people? Yeah, he represents them. He represents them. He takes care of them. He looks uh, out for look, them. He's aware of them and there for them. And so 
in essence, even though Christ is victory over the enemies and puts them under his foot, makes them his footstool, we through that, because he's our great high priest, Hebrews chapter uh, two through four talks about that, about Christ being a great high priest. Man, we got victory through that. So in verse four, we see that Melchizedek, he's the priest. And so since he's the priest, we have victory through him because he watches over us. Then we get into verse five. Now five, I know you get excited about five, right? Because this is what happens in five. The Lord, God in his fullness, the father is at your right hand, is at Christ's right hand. So, so Christ is coming and having victory because the father has given him the power. So it says here, uh, if you will, the father is at the son's right hand. Uh, he shall execute kings in the day of his wrath. And so when Christ's wrath comes along, because uh, his, if you were to look that word up, uh, it talks about the Davidic ruler, which is Christ, because Christ comes from the line of David. Mm-hmm. So he will execute kings in the day of his wrath. Kings. Tell us about kings forever, man. You you were talking about like Nebuchadnezzar. And- well, it's interesting. I have uh, my Bible open to Psalm 2, which is kind of the a little psalm that just gives the history of the big picture of the battle, Christ the conqueror, the earthly kings. Why do the heathen rage and the people imagine a vain thing? The kings of the earth set themselves and the rulers take counsel together against the Lord and against uh, his anointed saying, let us break their bands asunder and cast away their cords from us. We want to do it our way. And God says, no, no, I'm the boss here. Right. He that sitteth in the heavens shall laugh. What verse are you on? Uh, Psalm um, 2, verse 4. He that sitteth in heavens shall laugh. The Lord shall have them in derision. I think we can look at kings and we can call presidents kings. Yeah, absolutely. Prime ministers. Yeah. yeah. That derision is confusion. Yep. Look at our president today. Yeah. Yeah doesn't know where to turn right to go into the Oval Office. (laughs) Let me read another verse here. Does he even know he came out of his basement? (laughs) (laughs) He did a good job down in that basement. (laughs) Right. Uh, Then shall he speak unto them in his wrath and vex them in his sore displeasure. Yet have I set my king upon my holy hill in Zion. I will declare the decree the Lord has said unto me, thou art my son, this day have I begotten thee. Ask of me and I shall give thee the heathen for thine inheritance. That's just one little psalm, 12 verses, lays out all of history. It's just another chapter in the same theme. Yep. He'll make the enemies the footstool. Yep. By, by bringing confusion, look at Nebuchadnezzar. Nebuchadnezzar decided he was God. <laughs> yeah. That and was so the first step to going absolute crazy. Right. So he, he has this dream, uh, calls Daniel in. Daniel goes in and interprets the dream. And he's like, oh, king, <laughs> you're going to be grazing with the cattle, buddy. Yes, you are. But you're going to have feathers like the eagle. <laughs> you're going to grow claws and your fingernails become like claws. There's actually a name for that uh, uh, mental disorder. It's called lycanthropy. 
lycanthropy. And God said, yeah, I'll, make you, I'll turn you into an animal. And, but he was humbled. Oh, my goodness. He was humbled, and he came back. Came back recognizing yeah. Daniel's God. Yeah. God's everything. I'm nothing. Right. He was deceived. But corrected. think about that for a second. When we talk about how Christ makes his enemy his footstool, look what he did to King Nebuchadnezzar. I mean, okay, God is the most creative ever. When you read... <laughs> Got a sense of humor. Well, there. the platypus is his yeah. sense of humor for today's scientists. Yeah. Yeah. Like, <laughs> what is that thing? What is it? And how it's a bird. It it's a plane. It's super platypus. <laughs> 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 the right. platypus just have belly buttons. I'm wondering. I don't know, Johnny. <laughs> oh my goodness! Here we you go know, again. so the belly button is still conversation to this day. Just so you know. Well, yeah, just study these you. things out. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> but you're right. When I look at God and all that He does, man, He is the most creative. Look at all of His creation. Oh my goodness! And then, so He takes a king and puts him out in the field. And then that king comes back and says, I surrender. <laughs> you know, the Lord put in his enemies at his footstool and then you, letting us have our little place among our enemies in the, in the big battle of the universe. You go back to all these great leaders. Moses goes in before Pharaoh. Pharaoh's basically the boss of the world, if you please. And yep. uh, Pharaoh says, I don't know anything about this God of yours. Eh, well, you're going to find out. Dude. <laughs> <laughs> right. And you're and, about to find out. And here's the thing that, because people were like, well, it's unfair that Pharaoh didn't have a chance to go to heaven. He, he had five chances. And then after the fifth one, God said, okay. And then God hardened his heart. Mm -hmm. And then God conquered him and made him his footstool. And he had guys warn him, this is the hand of the real God. We can't do this. You better check, right. you know, don't mess with him. Right? And, and yet Pharaoh couldn't get it. You know why? Because Pharaoh wouldn't volunteer. There you go. He just wouldn't volunteer. Yeah. And so when we look at Psalm 110, listen, this is all about Christ having victory and putting everyone under his feet or at making it his footstool except for the volunteers that join his army. So when we see here in six, uh, 5, the Lord, uh, the Father, the Lord God in all of his fullness, is at your right hand, the son's right hand. He shall execute kings in the day of his wrath. He shall judge among the nations. And we know it's Christ that judges among the nations. He shall fill the places with dead bodies. He, and I know people don't want to hear that, but the reality is God is all love until he's tired of the antics. Yeah, Satan plays hardball 24-7 throughout all of history. And uh, he, gets, he gets a pass, you know. He's a Democrat, I guess. <laughs> he gets a pass. He can do whatever he wants, and no, nothing judicial will come against him. I'm sorry, John. I've been hanging out with you too long. <laughs> you rubbing off on me, dude? Or I think we're just on the same page. That's our problem. I love it. <laughs> All right. <laughs> He's a Democrat. Okay. <laughs> All right. Um, I call Satan a dumb rat. <laughs> See how I ease that punch? Yeah. Anyway, all right, here we go. So uh, six, he shall judge among the nations. He shall fill the places with dead bodies. He shall execute the heads of many countries. He shall drink the brook by the wayside. Therefore, he shall lift up the head. So when we 
which is the body. He'll lift up, Christ will lift up the body, meaning that we, because of Christ being the great high priest, because of Christ being the victor, uh, because God in all of his fullness gave him everything and all this power, Christ will kill people. Christ will wipe out countries. Christ will, on our behalf, lift us up. And he'll do all of that because he said so, but all of that comes after he's already extended his grace to them. He extended all that grace to Pharaoh, and then he crossed the line. Yeah. Extends grace, and then they cross the line. You know, we see it throughout history. We pulled up some names, Nebuchadnezzar, Pharaoh, uh, Hitler, etc. And, of course, it all culminates in who? Well, and look at Saul. Yeah. Because he sought after sorcerers for answers, God wipes them out. Yeah. And it's just the pattern throughout history, and it all culminates in the Antichrist. Yeah. Who does he claim to be? The Antichrist. Or he claims to be Christ. He claims to be God. He claims to yeah. be Christ and, and the, the real deal. And he's a big fat liar, of course. And what does God do? Yeah. He executes yep. uh, the head of the many countries, all culminated into one. So, he's, And then he's going to take them out and lift us up. Yeah. It's the epic battle of the universe, and he's the king, and he's the conqueror. And uh, then he, he pulls us into our part of, of the battle in our time, and when you see the historic rise of, of evil kings and their fall, it uh, it helps us now as we see evil raising its ugly head in high places, just like we're told. And, you know, in the flesh, that ain't right, that's wrong, they're evil and they're doing bad things and nobody really wants to listen. It's like, God's like, uh, I've been through that before. And uh, so uh, this is, that was the days of Noah? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Amen. And today. You just keep dragging more and more Bible into this. Think about that, right? I mean, exactly what you're saying. Yeah, We're pointing out out specific kings, but now let's just point out times. Mm -hmm. Because everyone gets so full of themselves. And then even if you go into Judges chapter 21, and the very end, it said, and each person, because they didn't have a king, they didn't have a ruler, they didn't have anybody they were following, they were, so they were following their own thoughts, and each man did what was right in his own, own eyes. eyes. Yeah. And what did they bring upon themselves continuously was chaos and destruction, and then they had to be disciplined. Chaos, destruction, they had to be disciplined. So when we see... 12 when, times. When we see Christ come along, we see it in the past, and we're seeing it today. Mm-hmm. And we're nearing the culmination. We are. Now, Jesus claims the title for himself. So this is how we know in Psalm, besides the reference in the, in the language they use, but even Christ says that the enemies are going to be at his footstool because he quotes, says, the Lord said to my Lord, sit at my right hand till I make your enemies your footstool. If David then calls him Lord, how is he his son? And so then it goes on and explains it's Christ. And then we have Mark 12, 35 through 37, Jesus answered and said, while he taught in the temple, how is it that the scribes say that the Christ is the son of David? For David himself said by the Holy Spirit, the Lord said to my Lord, sit at my right hand till I make your enemies your footstool. Therefore, David calls him Lord, being him, being Christ. 
how is he then his son and the common people heard him gladly? And he goes on and he explains it. In Luke, we have the same thing in Luke. So all throughout the New Testament in three of the Gospels, Jesus says he is Lord and the enemies will be his footstool. And they wanted it now. <laughs> Just like we do. <laughs> I, honestly, I you know, when I look at this, there are things that are going on that I don't understand, obviously. There's things going on that everyone can question at some point. And I sat back and I'm in awe at how the enemy, how the enemy is getting victory at every turn. And even on personal levels, how the enemy is getting victory over Christians. And I, and I say, Lord, because we have a widow in our church and her neighbor is Satan Spawn. And for three and a half years, he's been dragging her through court, trying to stop her from having access to her driveway. And she has a right-of-way easement. And he doesn't want her to use it. But she's been using it for 54 years. He's been living there for four years. But in three and a half of the four, he has been destroying her bank account, dragging her through court after court after court, uh, trying to stop her from using the easement. It's, it's shameful. And, and so many times I've cried out, Lord, you tell us to take care of the widow. Where are you? That's a legit question. Now, I'm not, I'm not saying God is not God. And I'm not saying Jesus isn't Jesus. And I'm not saying Jesus isn't the conqueror. I'm just simply saying, Lord, where are you? Like, where's the delay in this? Why, why are you allowing this evil man to destroy a widow that loves you? I don't get it. And then... Uh, if my widow's listening, <laughs> she's a sweetheart. She's awesome. I love her to death, but I sat back and I looked at it and here's what I realized. And, and I, and this is from the Holy spirit. Cause I'm not, I'm just not that smart. God does all that God does in God's timing. God's never going to let anything happen to her that he won't, be a part of it will work together for good it'll work together for good and then he brought job up now i'm not saying that my widow is living in sin but he brings job up and he's like listen you know why i let everything happen to job that happened to job why i volunteered job mm -hmm. three times god said job was a man of integrity it wasn't chastisement it was to teach him because at the end, starting in verse 30 or chapter 37, we see Job had a pride issue and God was going to humble Job and to bring that humility. He had to bring a lesson. Now, I don't know what God's trying to teach the widow. I don't know what God's going to use all this for, but no matter what she has stayed faithful She's trusting him. She's trusting You're him. You're trusting him. You're standing by her side, <clears throat> trying to help her in any way you can. But in the meantime, as evil is allowed to kind of come upon us. It is. Um, <clears throat> we're trusting, and we're going to do the right thing. And you know what I, <clears throat> I do know? I don't know why God's allowing this to happen, but here's what I do know. That that neighbor of hers will be the footstool. Yes, he will. Absolutely. It's, it's just a matter of time. Yeah. In God's time. It's in God's time. And God uses everything to teach us 
to show us, to move us, to direct us, everything. See, that's the practical side of interpreting the scripture. You're making this your scripture for the widow's scripture, my scripture, or my scripture in reference to my battle and my enemies. It's our little part of the, of the big epic battle, and it's exciting to be part of it. It is. Hebrews one thirteen says this, but to which of the angels has he ever said, sit at my right hand till I make your enemies your footstool? Are they not all ministering spirits sent forth to minister to those who will inherit salvation? So God doesn't, or Jesus does not surrender his position to anyone. And that was the whole idea of this verse. Now, let me tell you what angels are for. They're to fight Satan, fight demons, and they are to guard us. They keep us from going down when deer hit, run out in front of us. Mm-hmm. They allow us to walk away when you get hit head on by another car. <laughs> they, You know what I'm saying? Like, like these are what the angels do for us. Are they not ministering spirits sent forth? God does not surrender to anyone. He is the conqueror of all, the judge of all. And then all the enemies will be put under Jesus' feet, and we have victory in that. Psalm 110 as we read through the whole thing, predicts the victory of Jesus Christ over all of his enemies. And then, of course, the glory he'll receive. And then the benefit, because when you get to verse 7, we benefit as the head or the church. And so it says that he will take care of his church, right? The apostle John caught a glimpse of, of this victory in Revelation 19, 11 through 15. And he wrote, Now I saw heaven open, and behold, a white horse, And he who sat on him Mm -hmm. was called faithful and true and in righteousness, he judges and makes war. And you're like, and this is, this is about Christ and he judges and he makes war. He's the captain of our salvation. Oh my. And, and he's sitting, he's coming on a white horse and one day his victory, uh, his strength, his power and his presence will be overwhelming to all those who denied him, who refused to be a volunteer. Kind of like he has a nuclear voice, amen? That's exactly what it is. Verse 12, his eyes were like a flame of fire, and on his head were many crowns. He had a name written that no one knew knew except himself. He was clothed with a robe dipped in blood, and his name is called the Word of God. Verse 14, and the armies in heaven, clothed in fine linen, the armies in heaven are the... It's the, or literally the army of Jesus that's gathered together, right? And we're supposed to be coming with him in this day. Yeah, my wife's a little nervous about that verse. <laughs> <laughs> she doesn't want to ride a horse. <laughs> oh, that's, <laughs> she'll, look, Jesus will make sure she's a pro. Uh-huh, yeah. <laughs> that's so funny. Uh, clothed in fine linen, white and clean. White and clean literally is Pure and innocent. The blood of Jesus Christ, God's Son, cleanseth us from all sin. Followed him on white horses. So we will be coming with him on white horses. I'm ready. And we will be pure and innocent. And that's literally what white and clean means, is pure and innocent. Verse 15. Now, out of his mouth goes a sharp sword, that with it he should strike the nations, and he himself will rule them with a rod of iron, he himself treads the winepress of the fierceness and wrath of Almighty God. When Christ comes, all his enemies will become his footstool, his footstool mm-hmm. which ultimately becomes 
our, our footstool. footstool. Oh man, this is good stuff, John. Oh my goodness! And and these yeah. are the passages that open it up. And so we have to understand that any victory we attain and any glory we share will be the result of our being in Christ. You know how how this happens in our daily lives. You know, you just share that struggle that this widow, you're by her side, you're helping her at best you can. You've not done vengeance. And, um, and we all have that. I've not done vengeance, not because I didn't want to. Oh, I know. <laughs> Holy Spirit restrained you. Holy Spirit has restrained me. Yeah. This dude has, listen, I, I, I told him one day when we had a discussion, he got in <clears throat> my face. Like in, we were literally inches from each other's nose. And, and I, w- I was whispering to him, flinch. Because <laughs> like, I, had, I had reached my max, right? You thought I'm the like, Lord would give you permission just to take care of business. I said, God dude, said, no, not this time. All I need you to do is flinch, just flinch, <laughs> right? And of course, he wouldn't move. Like he would not move. He yeah. was a statue, and that was God. Obviously, he could see in your eyes, Johnny. Yeah, <laughs> the spirit was protecting him in the moment yeah. too. And I told him, I said, the only reason you're alive right now is because I love Jesus. <laughs> the Holy Spirit was a restraining John out of prison. I, I had reached my max with this cat. Anyway, the, the widow's prayers are there. Uh, it, it's so so interesting, you know. Uh, we have our own battles, and which is part of the big battle. And along the way, we we're trying to figure it out, and we want to do the right thing, and. And, and it gets really complicated, and we don't know what to do. And in the early days, I used to struggle with it more, and I tried to figure it out. Now, you know, I, I've, I've been on journey with Jesus almost 50 years now, and it's like, I don't have to figure it out. I just have to do the next right thing. I just want to get really close to Jesus. Is that not the answer? Yeah, just get just worship my way through this. Yeah, I'm just going to read my Bible tomorrow. Uh, I'm going to pray. I'm going to pray for my enemies and those who despitefully use me. Well, how about this? Luke 6, 27 through 28 is exactly what you're saying. But I say, and this is Jesus speaking. But I say to you who hear. (laughs) The volunteers? (laughs) The volunteers. Listen to me, man. (laughs) Yeah, right. Yeah. Love your enemies. Do good to those who hate you. The, the reality, and that's, I love the fact that you put that in because it was so true. This is for the volunteers because they're the ones who are going to hear it, right? Love your enemies, do good to those who hate you, bless those who curse you, and pray for those who spitefully use you. And our flesh <sighs> does not want to do that. No, I wanted to take that dude out. But yeah. for the love of Jesus. You only got a C for that, Johnny. You didn't get an A. <laughs> C is passing. passing. You passed. You did. I, I You're passed. Dead. That's right. It was a solid C. Yeah, yeah it was a C, solid C. Yeah. Maybe a C plus. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll take it. Anything that keeps leading me in that direction. Uh, Romans twelve nineteen adds, beloved, and this is how we are to relate to our enemies because we understand that Christ will ultimately deal with our enemies. And there's a difference there. This is us relating to our enemies allowing Christ and waiting on Christ to deal with our enemies. Something, you know, focus, I'm going to focus on that word enemy for a while. Uh, if they're my enemies, I'm going, but then scriptures make it clear. They're not just my enemies. They hate me because they hated him first. Right. They're not really my right. enemies. They, 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 they don't they, even hate you because you love him. They, they hate, hate you him. because they hate him. They hate him. 
and and so they're his enemies and uh they're gonna lose and i know that right i know that i've been in the battle a long time and i you know when you're first facing things for our listeners you know and the first time you've been through this battle it's like a huge oh lord help me and then he does and you get through it and i i remember when we transitioned i stepped away from being lead pastor and and pastor matt stepped up and he's doing a fabulous job and uh we're at our our staff meetings and i'm now associate pastor and been in the battle 40 you know going on 40 years and and our secretary uh marilyn she's been uh, on she's been with you since the beginning yeah yeah she's she's marilyn is just ridiculous she's awesome and she's seasoned and she's wise and she's godly and so the younger staff are speaking about problems that we're facing and then Marilyn will just smile like it ain't no big deal (laughs) we've been through that about 50 times before and and God's got this thing you guys don't have near as much to worry about as you think you know that's one of the neat things about being on the journey for a long time you've seen his Mm. faithfulness you know five years he's always faithful so when we're in the battle God doesn't stop the battle, but God, sure enough, will bless our fight in the battle. But look what happens in Romans 12, 19. Beloved, do not avenge yourselves, but rather give place to wrath, for it is written, vengeance is mine, I will repay, says the Lord. Uh, And then he goes on. And then the Lord is not just Jesus. This is God in all his fullness. God says in all of his fullness, he'll deal with that. The bottom line is we are not to get revenge on anyone, but we are to take them before God. We are to be cordial to our enemies and wait on God. And then we are promised to overcome by faith. The faith is the key, right? Because that's the volunteers. Mm -hmm. So we're promised to overcome by faith in 1 John 5, 4. For whatever is born of God overcomes the world, and this is the victory that has overcome the world, our faith. Yeah. I got so much I want to jump in here, but I see time is fleeting. Time here, so is I'm going to fleeting. shut up a little bit. So, so let's get here on verse 4. I'm going to read it again. For whatever is born of God overcomes the world. Well, in verse 5, who is he, little h, that's the people who overcomes the world none other but he the person who believes that jesus is the son of god the volunteer yeah yeah god's pretty concerned about all of this he's immersed in it and he you know it's our battle is his battle and he takes ownership of it he doesn't abandon us in it he knows what he's going to do and he knows here it is, 15 years down the road after after maybe that battle or 14 and a half Dude, years. how many battles have you seen? I mean, I know all pastors go through it, but, dude, this church has been in some battles, man. And here it is 15 years later. It's like, man, I'm glad I didn't quit. I'm glad yeah. I didn't run. And I, I Well, was, I kept trying to spell quit, K-W-I-T. And, and he went I all the way through it. the scriptures, all through the K's. He couldn't find the word quit. I told you it started with a K, Johnny. I, <laughs> I misled you, didn't you I? You misled me, so I'd stay in the battle. Uh, no, but, I was but, never doubt. I just, I saw you discouraged. I saw you on the bottom. Man. Oh, my goodness. But you, you, never, did, uh, you yeah. never did really consider the word quit. No, nah. I just took a deep breath and stood tall again. Yeah, and we just moved said, on. okay, God, if you're not going to let me strangle anybody, I guess <laughs> I'll just draw an eye to you. And uh, 
and I'll just get up and go back to work. Uh, and and, uh, and you did, and God had really amazing things waiting for but you. But verse 4 tells us how we have that victory, and it's just bottom line, faith. Yeah. Faith Whoever in who? Whoever is born of God overcomes the world. This is the victory that overcomes the world, even our faith. You just believe right. into That's the right. family. You believe God is with you. You believe God will fight your battles. You believe Jesus is the Son of God. You believe that... Uh, He's going to make my enemies my footstool. I mean, really, it's his enemies and his footstool. Right. But it'll kind of flesh out for us in, in yeah. that if, way. If you continue on with First John chapter 5, it's an amazing chapter. You'll love it. But listen, the punishment of our enemies will come in God's time and in God's way. That is what we have to surrender to. We cannot take vengeance upon ourselves. Anyone who sins is ultimately sinning against God. And, and I think people fail to realize that, right? Yeah. They're sinning against God, and the enemies of God will be placed under the feet of Jesus. We've seen this time and time throughout the scriptures. The sons of Korah knew where their victory came from. And I'm going to read this because I want you to see we're no different. It's where our victory comes from as well. Psalm 44, 4 through 6. You are my king, O God. Command victories for Jacob. Through you, we will push down our enemies. Through your name, we will trample those who rise up against us. For I will not trust in my bow, nor shall my sword save me. But you have saved us from our enemies and have put to shame those who hated us. In God, we boast all day long and praise your name forever. Guys, I want you to realize it is only through Christ that we're going to have this victory. I also want you to realize you have to volunteer. Only way to have this is through faith in Jesus Christ and Jesus Christ alone. Otherwise, you will not have victory. You will be the enemy, and God will destroy you. Make no mistake about it. God is not a liar. He will not be mocked, and he fulfills every word that he says. I'm so glad that we have victory in Christ Jesus. Screaming amen. Amen. Hey, guys, I hope that this has helped you, and if it has, please like, follow, subscribe, share. And until next week, God bless.